Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And today, Father, is our virtue series continued on justice. And similar to the last one that we just did on hope, I think that the perspective that I have from what justice means outside of the church and what it means to the church are going to be different answers. So before I start talking the wrong things, why don't we start by saying to the church, what does justice mean? (laughs) Yes. uh, The virtue of justice, again, virtues are like soul muscles. The word virtue means strength. So it's part of the strength of our soul. Um, Justice is oriented towards doing the good. Actually, all of the virtues ultimately are oriented towards the good. Uh, Prudence has to do with understanding what the good is in a particular situation. And justice has to do with choosing the good. And uh, temperance is has to do with, uh, anyway, fortitude and temperance have to do with um, choosing the good in more difficult situations um, and, and also uh, resisting evil. Anyway, justice, uh, and then a, a simple way to define justice is to give each what he is due. And then that helps us to understand the different aspects of justice because there's a different kind of justice that we uh, give to God that we give to our parents, that we give to our government, that we give to our uh, fellow human beings. And so justice is to give each his due. And so it requires that we actually understand what someone is due. Uh, and that's, uh, that's its own thing. And then that we persevere in actually doing that good and giving that person what is his due. So uh, when we talk about these cardinal, we've been talking about the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, and those have God as their uh, object, faith in God, hope in God, love for God. Those are the virtues of faith, hope, and love. And then the cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance are actually kind of like packages of, of virtues. They're there are other sub-virtues, we could say, that, that fall under them um, that have sort of specific applications. But um, anyway, and, and so we call them cardinal. Cardinal comes from the word cardo, which means hinge. They're hinge virtues. Uh, so we can kind of gather up the other virtues under those titles of prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And uh, the virtue of justice, again, is about giving to each is due. And so if we look at that, you know, what is God's, what is God's due? What do we owe him? You know, justice is, is about paying what we owe, about doing what we are, are required to do, um, paying what we owe. So what do we owe God? Well, <laughs> everything. We owe God everything. So how do we possibly repay God for what he's done for us? You know, it's not possible. Uh, we, we can't possibly give him as much as he has given us. He's given us existence. He's given us life. He's given us everything. We can't give God everything. So the kind of justice that we give to God is its own variety. And we, 
we call that religion. Religion is the uh, virtue of justice applied to God. And so what can we give him? Well, we can give him something important. You know, that's kind of the, the notion of sacrifice. Can we give him the first fruits of our crop? Can we give him a tithe of our income? Can we give him uh, our, our time in prayer? Can we give him the sentiments of our hearts? Can we give him uh, first place in our lives? Uh, you know, can we give God something significant and substantial, something meaningful? Ultimately, we give him everything. You know, the, the martyrs uh, gave God everything. They gave him, in fact, their whole lives. Um, but normally he wants, he wants, you know, uh, we, we, he deserves, I should say that, he deserves uh, at least our best, at least the first fruits, at least the sacrifice of our time. And, and then he's given us this amazing thing. And in the mass, God actually gave us a sacrifice that is really worthy of him namely his own sacrifice. Jesus Christ offered himself on the cross and then he allows us to offer him in the Eucharist. He allows us to renew that sacrifice by participating in the Eucharist. It's the greatest thing we could ever offer God is God himself, is his own sacrifice that he gave us to offer him. And that's why we say, well, if we're going to talk about keeping a day holy, you know, we have this internal sense and then it's made explicit in the Ten Commandments that we should make one day holy. And specifically as Christians, we recognize that as being Sunday. If we're going to make a day holy, how could we do that if we're not at least offering him the greatest gift, the greatest sacrifice? If we're not making the greatest act of religion, exercising the greatest act of justice towards God by offering him the Eucharist. It's at least what he deserves. And so we say, you can't, you can't celebrate Sunday as a holy day. You can't make it a holy day if you haven't at least gone to Mass. You know, God has given us so much. Can't we at least give him an hour in this specific way, offering him that sacrifice that he offered to us? So um, that's the... That's the virtue of religion. That's justice towards God. Maybe I should stop there and then I can make a comment about just uh, the justice toward family and sure. government called piety and then justice toward our brothers and sisters. Sure. So that right there is essentially the most direct answer from the virtue standpoint about why it's important to go to mass. Um, you know, we have many ways trying to articulate that over the history of this cast, but from the virtue standpoint, that's the most direct reason. As you said, God is worthy of everything. And the fact that he found himself to be a worthy sacrifice, you know, Jesus being the son of God, that being there in the mass, you can't really do better than that from that perspective, from the perspective of justice as you just outlined again, articulating the importance of being with Christ at the Mass and that that inherently strengthens your virtue of justice and strengthens your relationship with Christ. Um, 
I was actually just having a conversation the other day of what is the best way to get people to come closer to God. And I kind of stole one of your lines there, Father, which was essentially try it. You know, just come to the Eucharist. And I didn't have any flowery speech, but Jesus will take care of it from there. Just come Mm. and bring the Eucharist back into yourself. And inherently, Jesus will take care of it. Now, obviously, there's steps you have to do yourself. Go back to that hope episode we just did. There are actions you have to do. But being being with Christ at the Eucharist is obviously a, it's about the strongest thing you can do. And as we just discussed there, it's the highest form of justice for God that we can have. So that significantly means a lot. So I didn't want to cut you off as you were going to go down into the other routes that justice applies into our life and, and how we ought to apply it. But I wanted to highlight that there of how important coming to Mass is and making a day holy for God. It is truly, if you think of it, justice, just in a way that most people don't really think of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, justice towards God, giving God what is his due. Justice is to give each person what is his due. Justice towards God is religion, the virtue of religion. And as you just uh, reiterated very beautifully, going to Mass, fundamentally for us who have that opportunity, (laughs) who know that such a sacrifice exists, such a way to to pay back God, to give God the gift of himself, we could say. So, um, and then uh, justice toward authority. And we can think now again about our parents. How can we repay our parents for giving us the gift of life? It's not possible. We can't give them the gift of life. We can't actually give them what they've given us. They've given us something of greater value than we could ever repay to them. And so what we have toward our parents is what we call the gift of, is the virtue of piety. Uh, piety is the, the love of a, a, a child for parents. And we extend that gift or that virtue, I keep saying gift, we extend that virtue of piety towards other authorities as well. Basically, our government authorities uh, and our, our, you know, maybe teachers and coaches and um, priests and bishops and, you know, some of these other authorities in our lives, they're kind of like extensions of parents, we could say. And so that's the, the virtue of piety to repay with obedience, you know, a proper obedience, but doing what we're told because it's an authority and we have respect for them. We're paying respect. That's a virtue. You know, and again, if we apply that simple point that I've made many times, virtues are like muscles. The, the more you use them, the stronger they get. The less you use them, the more they wither. And so when we practice respect, we grow in respect. When we practice uh, obedience, uh, again, we have these mixed feelings about obedience, but just to say a, a, a listening trusting yeah respect probably is the best way but you know actually carrying out someone's will because they're in charge and they deserve the respect of doing what they ask us to do because they're in charge now obviously that's not a matter of doing immoral things or you know being stupid about it but um but we we can do we can be respectful we can carry out uh, the requests of authority um 
and and we can also uh, serve and and care for them and you know, just different ways to show justice to those who are who have authority over us again starting from our parents and then extending to our uh, our starting with our father and extending to our fatherland you know to say it that way uh starting with our parents and extending to government and teachers and and other forms of authority so that's the virtue of piety it's another form of justice to give to to give to each what they deserve um we we tend to have an attitude that's a little bit more anti-authoritarian i think still in our time it was even worse in the 60s and 70s and I think we still carry some of that suspicion and resentment and we've uh, dethroned all of our leaders by pointing out all of their problems and <laughs> we've uh, just anyway uh, come into such an interesting time in the in the world but uh, but ultimately you know the president the congressman the the judges the policemen the you know those civil authorities deserve respect and and we can't really justify having an attitude of rebellion, having an attitude of, of disrespect or disregard or, you know, of, of lying and cheating. And uh, laws are, are not evil things. And by, by following the laws and respecting the lawgivers and the, and the law enforcers, uh, it, it goes a long way. So, um, so, but there's also, there's the virtue there. And the more that we do it, the better we get at it as well. And then the the last kind of application of the virtue of justice is in regard to our peers. Uh, my justice towards you, Joe, is rooted in what you deserve. And likewise to our listeners and to every stranger, every person I meet on the street, uh, in addition to you know family members or colleagues or whatever else, each person deserves a lot because every one of us is made in the image and likeness of God. And that's the foundation of the virtue of justice towards our fellow human beings. Each one of us is made with an infinite dignity in the image and likeness of God. And so that's where we get the whole um, plethora of laws from. Why do we not why do we not kill people? Why do we not lie? Why do we not uh, covet our neighbor's goods? Why do we not, um, you know, commit adultery or whatever? Because, because our neighbor, our fellow human beings deserve respect. They deserve uh, to be treated as who they are in the image and likeness of God. They deserve their rights, and they deserve to be recognized and revered as, as. Uh, sovereign human beings who have their own lives. And so that, that virtue of justice is at least not to do damage to them. Now, in fact, as Christians, we're called beyond justice, which is to give someone what they deserve. To go beyond that is to give more than they deserve, which is love. None of us deserves uh, love from, from each other, we could say be a little careful about how I say that. But anyway, um, but we do, uh, we can go beyond justice. Going beyond justice is love. But love is built on justice. Love at least gives, first of all, what someone is due, and then gives even more than that freely. Uh, so we, we see a little bit of a continuum there in terms of our human relationships. 
But that's where our, our justice system comes in, is ensuring, using the authority of the state to ensure that our relationships with each other follow the, the path of justice. And again, you know, to not beat each other up and to not kill each other and to not steal each other's things. And, and we do that for every human being. Nobody is excluded. We do that for every human being because every human being has an infinite dignity made in the image and likeness of God, and they deserve at least that good to be done to them. Yeah, and the way that you said that made me think of, of an example you gave before about how essentially think of it as this is the minimum threshold that each person deserves and doing that is justice and then exceeding that is love and the example that you gave before was a married couple who before they had their first child were giving each other kind of the minimum they deserved and then when they had the child they had to go above and beyond that to be able to care for the child and you had mentioned that in retrospect, they felt that they were just doing the bare minimums to keep their marriage alive. And it wasn't until they had a baby that they learned how much more you had to do for each other to truly take care of each other. And then they said that their marriage had grown so much in love. And using that as an example, I think that that's just what you articulated right there. You know, at the end of the day, Justice and all those civil authorities you, you mentioned, there's you have to respect them and all of that. That's that's part of their due that, that they have. And going out in open rebellion against them would be the opposite. So one of the things that we've been doing in this virtue series is discussing what the opposite is. So what is the opposite of justice? Because I have a couple of ideas that come to my head, but only one of them can be right. So why don't you just tell me what, what the right answer of what the opposite of justice really is? Well, to say it simply, it's uh, crime. <laughs> Breaking the law. It, you know, all, all of the laws are established to ensure justice for every person. Now, you know, our, our legal system is not uh, perfect, maybe, or whatever, but... Um, a, a simple starting point to answer your question, I should say, is, you know, crime, breaking the law is, is injustice. Injustice is the opposite of justice. Um, now, that's going to be different things, you know, not giving God his due, those kind of uh, sins against religion. Uh, and, and so there's a certain uh, sort of selfishness and, um, well, so... Uh, apostasy and and heresy and um you know different kinds of rebellion sins against god obviously are are uh, also against justice um in terms of the state you know rebellion revolution uh disobedience now again if it's an unjust if the state itself is unjust then we move into a different category you know and sure. and likewise yeah. with our parents if our if our parents are abusive you know, then, then they they lose their rights. You know, they they don't deserve the same thing. So everything I'm saying is is sort of in the ideal of uh, of a government that's just and parents that are just and obviously God is just. So we don't have to worry about that with Him. But um, now uh, it doesn't mean that we can do injustice against somebody because they're unjust. You know, two two wrongs don't make a right, as they say. But anyway, presuming that the state is just, then you know, obedience and uh, 
so disobedience would be against justice. Uh, interestingly, you know, St. Thomas lists things like hypocrisy. So that's uh, part of justice is making a, a promise. Uh, you know, our, our vows to God, your marriage vows, for example, are are under the under the exercise of justice. You've now committed yourself to something, and carrying out your marriage vows is an act of justice. You, you've committed yourself. Um, breaking your marriage vows is obviously an act against justice. Uh, and so that hypocrisy, saying one thing and doing an opposite thing, uh, or dissimulation is a Another way of saying, you know, lying under oath or um, breaking vows, breaking promises. Um, so even things like flattery and uh, quarreling, covetousness, um, ingratitude. Uh, anyway, these are all different different ways against uh, the virtue of justice. Um, but the fundamental thing is, of course, you know, breaking the law, not living out our commitments, um, being unfaithful is, is going to be against justice. And all of that in one format or another, if you take it to its conclusion, inevitably leads to chaos. And, yeah, absolutely. And stepping back, as we said there, as you said there, was that God is always just. And that one of the sins against justice there would be not giving God his due. And most directly, and I think probably the most common one seen out there, is not participating in the Mass with him. And I think that that would be a very easy starting point for us to recognize up front, is that missing a Mass is a sin against justice, as you just articulated. So I wanted to kind of give that as a as a point to it as you know ultimately justice is the fulfillment of god in the format of religion and not practicing a religion is a breaking of justice so i didn't want to take away your thunder in in, in the final thoughts here but if, if you have some final thoughts to give us as we move forward here going into the rest of our week well and uh, let me just offer another Kind of complementary thing the virtue of justice is doing good and and i think we identified a lot of different ways that we do that according to what the recipient deserves uh, the virtue of justice also involves avoiding evil or even resisting evil so stopping others from doing evil or stopping evils from existing and that could be something like the the evil of starvation. You know, it's an injustice. Everybody has a right to food, clothing, and shelter. Uh, and that's a whole other interesting discussion that we can have that's a little bit foreign to our capitalist thinking. Um, now I'm not promoting socialism or communism either. But uh, anyway, there's a, you know, letting people starve is an injustice. And so fighting against that is an act of justice. So resisting evil or avoiding evil, uh, because it's uh, we don't we don't necessarily avoiding evil is its own action. You know, doing good is one thing; avoiding evil is is potentially a different thing. Sometimes they go together. But uh, anyway, just to uh, put that out there that our, our listeners, uh, all of us, can focus. You know, maybe this week on how am I doing good, 
how am I avoiding evil? How could I do that better? Sure. And, and I definitely like how you put that there. And that's a good task for us to think, think about and sit in our hearts as we move forward. So again, we thank everyone for listening and we will be again here with you next week.